Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on March 29th, 2023. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Lenten season as we approach Palm Sunday and eventually Easter. I also encourage you to share this Bible study and reflection podcast with your family and friends because, as I have said so many times before, I truly believe whenever God's Word is sent out, it never returns empty. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and most gracious Creator, please pour out your Holy Spirit on us and open our hearts and our minds to see your humility that was and is on full display in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so today we're going to talk about, as we approach Palm Sunday, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. And the question today is, why did Jesus ride a donkey on his triumphant entry into Jerusalem? Well, we're going to start with a reading from Zechariah that addresses that. And this is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verses 9 through 10. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Now of note, the book of Zechariah was written about 500 years prior to the birth of Jesus. 500 years. Remember, so often during the times of his teaching, Jesus would say that he came to fulfill the prophecies, the prophecies written about him in the Old Testament. You can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament. As folks at Bible Project always say, the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Now, Zechariah offers good news for a people that were at war. Their deliverer was coming. His feet have crushed and stepped on the necks of his enemies, and his followers can rest in the knowledge that their world has been set right. God's anointed one is for them, and he is victorious. God is on their side. In ancient times, a king who rode a donkey was a king who came in peace. A king who rode a donkey had exchanged his war horse for a beast of burden, a lowly animal. But when Jesus claimed this, it was before, not after, a battle of great importance. He wasn't interested in fighting battles, well, at least not physical ones. He wasn't interested in reinterpreting what would have been a familiar narrative of messianic salvation. He came riding on a donkey 
not a war horse. But you know, that's not exactly comforting to people still oppressed by Roman occupation. I can imagine that they would have preferred Zacharias's version. Well, you know, at times I would too. Zacharias's version had the king coming in peace, but only after a great battle. Jesus was coming in peace, but before his great battle. Yes, a great battle. His battle was when he was hung on the cross, resulting in his defeat of sin. You remember James and John when they approached Jesus and asked him for prominent places of power in his kingdom? You remember, well, they said, uh, one, on our, one on your left and one on your right. That was their impression of what the new, powerful, neck-crushing kingdom was going to look like. And also, don't forget Peter, you know, the one that was quick to draw his sword, both literally and figuratively. The next reading I want to share with you comes from the book of Matthew. And coincidentally, this will be our gospel processional reading in church this coming Sunday morning. This reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And this same account, in a little bit different way, is also in Mark, Luke, and John. It's in all four of the Gospels. Here's our reading. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, Jesus was not a conventional character in history. He was anything but. His actions and teachings did not fit with political, current political or current religious cultural construction. Both Romans, from a political standpoint, and Jews, from a religious standpoint, really took issue with someone claiming to be king, but was not acting like a conventional king or ruler. Do you think maybe we all suffer from a little bit of that way of thinking even today? You might have glossed over this part of the story, but if you'll notice in verse 2, Jesus mentions two animals when he is instructing his disciples. 
Here's what he said. Again, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. By the way, just as a reminder, this is the line with the prophecy of Zechariah 500 years prior to the birth of Jesus. Now I'd like to share with you an interesting commentary written by Eric Lyons. And I quote, The term male donkey, colt, and foal all designate the same animal, the young donkey upon which King Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. Interestingly, even though the colt was the animal of primary importance, Zechariah also mentioned that his donkey was the foal of a female donkey. One might assume that Zechariah merely was stating the obvious when mentioning the mother's existence. However, when Matthew's gospel is taken into account, the elusive female donkey of Zechariah 9.9 is brought to light. Both the foal and the female donkey were brought to Christ at the Mount of Olives, and both made the trip to Jerusalem. Since the colt had never been ridden before or even sat upon, as stated by Mark and Luke, its dependence upon its mother was very understandable, as implied in the story of Matthew. The journey to Jerusalem with multitudes of people in front of and behind Jesus and the donkeys obviously would have been much easier for the colt if the mother donkey were led nearby down the same road. End quote. Hopefully this gives a little insight into why Jesus gave this explicit instruction to his two disciples. So, to help summarize the original question, why did Jesus ride a donkey into Jerusalem? Jesus used the donkey to connect with the common people. After all, you know, life was also not easy for a Jew living under Roman rule in the first century century, especially if they were poor. But as you know, Jesus embraced the poor. He embraced the sick during his time here on earth. His choice of a donkey instead of a war horse was more than likely God's way of saying that he came as a king who will serve and save the oppressed. You know, a lot happened between the time Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey and the day he was crucified. You remember the Last Supper? There's a lot to unpack in that story, but one of the most humbling things that Jesus did that night was to wash his disciples' feet. Remember, as he said, he came to serve, not to be served. One more thing worth mentioning before we wrap up today is that most all of the kings in ancient Israel were anointed with oil to signify their kingship. When was Jesus anointed? Well, I'm glad you asked. And there are several places in Scripture, but the one that is most prominent also comes from the book of Matthew. This is found in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. 
Why the waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured the per this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And lastly, you also remember the crown Jesus was given, the crown that kings normally wore? Yep, it was a crown of thorns. This Lenten season, I think we would all be well served by remembering how humble and lowly and kind Jesus was and how he became our king. Our thanks to him can be summed up in our actions by loving one another as he loves us. Let us pray. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, we confess that we do not always depend on you and recognize your humility. We thank you for keeping and protecting us. We ask for you to pour out your unending love on all people in need and help us to do the same through the humble examples of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.